0: Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion. In this episode, I sit down with my mentor and co-founder, Jeff Hoffman, when I participated in his mastermind, and we discuss my journey and how I came to um, starting the the startup, Markbotics, and what we plan to do with it. So sit back and enjoy my interview with Jeff Hoffman.
1: Hi, I'm Jeff Hoffman. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-host of the Explosive Growth Mastermind. Uh, My guest today is Harut Markarian. Um, we are going to tell you have a fascinating story uh, all the way around. Um, some of it that's not as relevant to your business, but still interesting. So let's start by just telling us a little bit about you and your background. Then we'll get up to your
0: story with your grandmother and we'll move forward. But tell us about you. Sure. Um, growing up, uh, my dad was a professional basketball player, so I kind of took that route. Uh, I didn't care anything uh, related to any other topic, so uh my passion and growing from, up where uh growing up in beirut lebanon uh, i spent my childhood all the way up to age 23 there until i moved to the united states but uh you know i didn't care about anything else but basketball so i you know woke up thinking about basketball you know went to school thinking about basketball Clearly, my grades suffered, but uh, it, was, it was, for me, nothing else mattered uh, because that was the passion I, I wanted to pursue. And I got to play professionally for a short bit, which kind of uh, quenched my thirst a little bit there. Uh, but for any athlete that aspired to, for, for greatness, that wasn't enough, of course. So uh, you're playing in Europe? Uh, I'm in, in Lebanon, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, you play only in Lebanon? Only in Lebanon, okay. yeah.
0: I played in the professional league in Lebanon uh, for since I was 16 till 23. Okay. Um, 23 then my parents decided to uh, immigrate to the United States. And uh, there was a huge, uh, you know, give and take between me and my parents. (laughs) But uh, ultimately I knew that, uh, you know, anything my my dad said, it was for my benefit. So I just, uh, you know, came with them to the United States. and luckily, I was able to play junior college here in the in United States at Pierce College, which uh, was more or less enjoyable, not the one of my... Uh, did you
1: go to college to play basketball, or did you play basketball so you could get the college education? You can lie if you want.
0: <laughs> no, I actually, the only reason I stayed in the United States is because I was playing college basketball. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, it wasn't a pleasant experience. Uh, at that point, my college, my basketball career was... Pretty much done, but I okay. didn't want to admit it. Um, I kept on pursuing it for a little bit, but, uh, you know, never happened. So I just left it and pursued my engineering uh, career, basically, after that.
1: Okay. So uh, because this will be relevant to what you're building now, mm-hmm. uh, talk about what you studied in engineering, what drew you to it, what you learned.
0: Uh, I started with mechanical engineering. Uh, I came to the United States with the bismal GPA, so I was able to pick that up to a very respectable uh, place. Um, I studied mechanical engineering, but I was just doing it to get that degree and be able to work like my parents wanted me to, Uh, until my final year of my undergrad when I started uh, working with the robotic team uh, at Cal State Northridge. That kind of shifted my entire world and i fell in love for the first time for something outside of basketball and i decided to pursue my masters i did my masters in robotics in robotics and when i did my masters in robotics uh, i participated in this project that assisted a significantly paralyzed person to propel his wheelchair through his thoughts and that was the first time i said that one day i'm going to start a, f- a company that will deal that will build robotics assistive robotics to uh, help people improve their So let,
1: let's dig a little deeper on that. First of all, what drew you to robotics? What what got you so passionate about it?
0: So my senior design and my undergrad we were uh, a team of 6 7 that we were preparing for a competition uh, in Michigan. It was an international competition where you had to build an autonomous robot to maneuver a certain course, an obstacle course. Uh, and when I was working in that with that team, uh, I was the leader of the mechanical team. Um, so I designed the robot. I did the mechanical work, the electrical work. I did the navigation software. So it was a very fulfilling experience okay. in terms of taking uh, uh, or participating in these various small uh sections of the project uh so that's kind of like really gave birth inside of me of of the passion that i have for for robotics specifically for robotics to impact people's lives
1: so let's talk about this uh wheelchair project that you were on that's a pretty fascinating (laughs) to propel your wheelchair with your thoughts i mean I could do it if I was going downhill, but other than that, (laughs) I probably
0: can't. No, it's actually tougher than I thought it would be uh, because when we were testing the robot, so the way it works is you can, you wear a helmet, the helmet has electrodes and the more electrodes are attached to your skull, the the better the signals get transferred to the computers, to the motors. Uh, And you start thinking thoughts and the thoughts are picked up by those electrodes as uh, electrical signals. And those electrical signals through voltages get they get transferred to the motors, and the motor will propel the wheelchair and it takes practice actually, so it's not very intuitive because I was trying to test a robot, and I was like barely able to move <laughs> it forward and backward. So it was counterintuitive for me. But when the actual person, actual the, the, the person with disability came to test his chair, it was like second nature to him. He was like on the chair and I like, going around right, left, uh, you know going at various speeds. It was fascinating for me, and when I saw that uh, interaction between him and his chair and how that made him feel, it kind of gives me goosebumps every time I tell the story. That was an impactful moment for me and for him at the same time, and that's when I decided that one day I will start a company working with robotics to impact people's life.
1: Okay, that that is fantastic. So at that point, you suddenly got a passion and a mission, right? Use robotics to improve the quality of people's lives. what did you do next?
0: Well, uh, unfortunately I didn't do anything right after. I just, you know, got the degree, went went to work. I worked for an aerospace and defense company for almost 15 years. And um, that was kind of what I was doing. And I was okay with that. I actually loved what I was doing. And I always say this, I never once in my life worked just to get a paycheck Mm -hmm. because I enjoyed what I did. But it came to a point where I felt like I'm not having a direct impact on people's lives. What kind of
1: stuff were you working on?
0: I worked on the C-17. I worked at the Boeing with the C-17. So I did an air refueling uh, project, uh, autonomous air refueling project, which was really cool. I worked on the F-5 T-38 with Northrop Mm. Groman. So all military uh, military stuff, uh, which was very cool. I got to visit a lot of military bases, Air Force bases around, around the country. Uh, and met a lot of great uh, military personnel, which was also an impactful journey. I don't think I would be here right now if I didn't have that experience. So um, it was all eye-opening experiences for me. Um, And most recently, I uh, worked with uh, hand controllers that operated heavy machinery for the military equipments. uh, And I do have a patent in that uh, with, with the company, of course, that I work for. Um, and now I decided to move over to have a more direct impact on people's lives through the company that I'm
1: Okay, so of. let's talk about that. The the uh, people's lives, obviously a broad topic, but yep. uh, specifically you have focused on people with disabilities. Correct. What and, and being able to use technology to improve their quality of life. Uh, Absolutely. Talk about your own personal experiences and what got you focused on that.
0: So as I mentioned earlier, the first time I really knew about the disability world was uh, through my experience with the wheelchair and the and the yep. person uh, but the turning point came when my grandf- grandfather and grandmother due to old age became completely dependent on caregivers and family members and one day I was seeing how my aunt, my mom, my uncle, you know, they're significant, not significantly, but they were older than me. So they were struggling to carry their parents to place them from one place to another and then to have, you know, the the changing clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, So one day I told my uh, aunt that, you know, you you shouldn't do this since I'm here. I will carry grandmother to wherever you want to put her. And as I pick her up, her legs are completely dead. So they don't, she can't move them and one of my legs got stuck between hers. And as I moved her over, I wasn't able to relocate my one leg, right. so I knew we were gonna fall, and I was you know, looking around to you know, a sign from God to kind of save me in one way or another. Luckily, there was a perfectly empty couch next to us, so I shifted my entire weight on the couch, and we fell on the couch. And I was so pissed when that happened because a lot of the uh, ramifications to elderly, to people with mm-hmm. disability happens from falls. And I said, this, it has to be a better way. And I'm like, I don't want to uh, wait any longer. I want to start my company right now and build robots, assistive robots to you know, help people with disabilities perform the, act- the activities of their, their, their daily living.
1: So that's a, 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 I mean, it's a really poignant story, right? And it's, uh, I, I can, you know, sort of feel your frustration, right? <laughs> In a mode when Absolutely. you literally know you're falling and you're thinking, yeah. this shouldn't be, yeah. Yeah. right? This shouldn't even be happening yeah. at all, but it is. And it happens all the time. Um, the, uh, you said that falls are the are the single biggest issue. What What is the cause of those falls? Is it trying to pick something up? Is it just trying to move from, place to place? Where do most of these happen?
0: Well, usually uh, it's mobility related issues. So people with mobility issues uh, have a higher risk of falling, whether they're picking something up or whether they're moving around in their homes. Uh, you know, they they shouldn't be doing extensive things. And I know extensive is kind of like a broad term, but uh, extensive for Certain people could be as much as even picking uh, a utensil up from the ground if they dropped it, for example, right? That would be considered extensive work for them. Uh, My neighbor fell uh, and she wasn't someone with a disability, but she had a hip replacement surgery and she fell because she was trying to pick up uh, her newspaper morning newspapers and she hit her head and she was bleeding. So, you know, so when I, when I started seeing all these, all these patterns and mm-hmm. read all these statistics, I said there should be an easy enough uh, solution for this that we can, you know, put in the market and put, be, make it available for, for these people so they don't have to risk a fall.
1: So at that point, I assume you
0: went and did a little research. Did you find anything in the market really to help back then? Um so I did some research. I was uh, more going, to asking uh, pediatricians, uh, uh, like people in homes, uh, elderly centers, elderly care centers, um, and uh, I was just trying to find their needs. Okay. I didn't know. I wasn't. I didn't know what product to go to market with. Um, but when one day one guy with a spinal cord injury came to my podcast and said listen, man, if you invent something like this that assists people in picking things up from the ground, that will be beneficial to a lot of people with sure. various disabilities. So that was the time when that idea or the light bulb went through my head and I showed them a scaled prototype of, of something similar that I worked during when I was doing my master's in robotics. And he said, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So after that, I went ahead and uh, created a, a real prototype, an actual size prototype. That Wait,
1: so what was the, how big was the scale prototype
0: then? Scale prototype was about maybe uh, 10 inches. But that was
1: something you had built yourself?
0: Yes, correct, okay. yes. And I mean, the, the actual prototype right now, I built it myself as well. It's actually, it actually took me three months to build it because uh, I used products from off-the-shelf sh- off products. I was going you, it's yeah.
1: off-the-shelf, right? Oh, yeah,
0: I, I, everything is off-the-shelf products. I'm not saying that that's what's gonna go to the market, but this is enough to prove the concept.
1: So that was the next step, prove the concept. Correct. So you started a company.
0: I started a company um, and uh, you know, I was trying to see how I'm gonna get funding to bring this to the market and uh, what are the best ways to deliver this to the market. And it was a learning curve. Uh, so it was a, an educational uh, journey for me because it's something that i've never done before so um, I was learning as I was going uh, but uh, with my uh, with my prototype uh, with the uh, with the company, I started doing a lot of uh, visits to people who I think would benefit from the product, just to have them give me a feedback on whether or not this is useful for tell them. Tell us
1: about a couple of those type people. Tell us a little something about so, people. Uh,
0: most recently I uh, got acquainted with this uh, one, uh, one kid who's, a, uh, who's a Shriners patient of Shriners Hospitals. Sure. And uh, I invited him to my house to test the robot. And of course, he, him and his mom came over and they were test, testing the robot. And the fascinating thing was that even though I was testing the robot a month longer than he had been, he tested it in different ways okay. that I would have never thought about. And that gave me a lot more feedback than I was hoping to get or I, you know, I expected, which is all good. Uh, and at the end he said, I wish I could take this with me, which is like, which is also, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, it's good to hear. But at the same time, it's like, I can't give it to him. So it was like, it was a double-edged kind of sword there. Um, But it was a a verifying step for me, you know, in terms of, okay, I'm I'm on the right track now. Now I need to do more of this to uh, let people know about this product. And so the people can tell me what other features they might want to see in this product.
1: Sure. In the test uh, uh, with this uh, young disabled person, what was he doing? What was he testing?
0: So he was testing, grabbing things from the ground, from the table, where, you know, if it's in the center of the table, he can't reach because he's on a wheelchair. So he was uh, having the robot reach the, reach the center of the table and, okay. uh, and grab the remote control. We tried a water bottle. We tried uh, random... Uh, pieces of utensils that we put on the ground, on the floor. Is it quiet? Uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, the prototype is maybe more noisy than okay. uh, the final product. I was just wondering if you could send it in to get somebody's
1: wallet or something, then just,
0: <laughs> just wheel out. Well, well, you can probably do it, you can probably do it. But uh, this, the, the, the one thing that I still need to work on the prototype would be the end effector design, and that's where the gr- gripping happens. And that's something I want to be specific to my company because uh, whatever is on the shelf, they're not the most um, efficient in terms of gripping. So I would want to spend time uh, and effort on uh, creating that. What
1: is the interface? Talk about the interface between the user and the robot and what's required of
0: the person using it. So before I talk about that, I'm gonna say that I tested this robot with different types of dis- disabilities. Okay, so that's I why I was it. asking yeah. you
1: to see where I'm going.
0: Yeah, so uh, I tested it with a blind person, with a spinal cord injury person, and with, a, with uh, someone who had cerebral palsy. Okay. Um, and uh, they, of course they all benefited from it, but the interface to your uh, earlier question is, right now as it is, I developed an app that interfaces with the robot uh, via bluetooth so you just have the app on your phone you can download the app on your phone or on your tablet wherever you want it and you can just maneuver the servos on the robot
1: and the blind version you have a different
0: the blind version is voice commanded that was awesome yep okay. the blind version is voice commanded uh, and there's a technology roadmap with this uh, product meaning i'm going to go with the basic uh, field of view uh, control to fully autonomous control and in between, there are other features that go in there, like voice, voice command is one of them. Um, semi- give me,
1: fully autonomous, give me an example.
0: Fully autonomous, for example, uh, if let's <clears throat> say we dropped um, something that shouldn't be on the ground, sure. right? As long as the robot is on, uh, op- operational, uh, it should detect that this piece of silverware or this uh, wallet or this uh, remote control shouldn't be on the, on the ground. Uh, so it goes and picks it up and, uh, you know, either delivers it to you or if you have predetermined okay. space, delivers it to that space.
1: Okay. Very, very cool. So what is next in your business? How, let, let me ask you this first. How are you thinking about getting it to people through the healthcare system,
0: directly to families? Right now I'm going after families directly. Okay. Uh, because I... Uh, I don't have the ties being a new company there, the, the ties to the healthcare system are limited or I don't have them. I'm still establishing them. Okay. So um, that's a work in progress. But in the meantime, I'm testing it out with the families directly. But in my, uh, my business model would be only 5% direct sales in terms of B2C. The rest is more B2B. That's what
1: you want to evolve
0: to. Correct. Patents. Uh, I do have a provisional patent on this and on two other products that are in the pipeline.
1: Okay. Um, what other types of products? Just different robots or?
0: So, uh, I mean, well, when, when, when we say robot, we that's can a, think of this tripod as a robot. It's a broad you know? term. Uh, but uh, what, I'm, so what I have in the pipeline, one is an automatic pill dispenser for people with amnesia. Uh, so this has a digital clock on it and the, and the display. For example, if I'm, if I'm taking care of my grandmother and she's not remembering to take her pills on time, this pill dispenser will dispense pills and make a alarm noise that, okay, it's time for you to take your pill and these are the pills that you need to take. Of course, someone preloads them.
1: Okay, and if I buy both products, the robot will just bring it over and put it in my mouth.
0: Exactly. That's a <laughs> well, good, uh, maybe not put pretty... it in your mouth. That's a liability, liability <laughs> okay. there, but you know, we will <laughs> hand it over to you. <laughs> yeah. um, and what else? So that's uh, interesting. You said yes, two different and the, the other one, um, it's an autonomous wheelchair for uh, public use. And when I say public use, I mean in uh, airports, museums, uh, theme parks. Uh, so these are uh, wheelchairs that uh, people can order via an app. We're going to develop an app, uh, and we're going to... Uh, you can download that app, much much like Uber. Instead of uh, ordering taxis, you're ordering wheelchairs. And you can, you know, for example, there's a lot of uh, difficulty for people with disabilities to maneuver through airports because they have to wait for an attendant to bring them the chair yes, right. because they give their chair, uh, chairs away. Uh, so when they do that, uh, it's a lot of miscommunication between the patient or the person with disability and the attendant. So we're kind of like eliminating that miscommunication. And a lot, a lot of times people and airlines don't have the dedicated personnel for this. So they just use whoever they have on staff to do it. So I think it's a benefit to both parties, both people with disabilities and the airlines uh, to have this available for them. So the patient will go, or not the patient, the person with disability would go and just order a chair. The chair would come to them autonomously and they will input wherever they want to go. If it's TSA, the, the chair will take them to, through TSA, and they will take them to their final destination, wherever the gate is.
1: Pretty cool. Will it go fast? Because if I'm late for a flight, I'm just going to order one.
0: Will, well, well, uh, a lot of the problem is that by people waiting for the attendants to come yeah, and they, assist them, I, I they missed that. that flight. You they, see that in the airport all the yeah. time,
1: people sitting there saying, when is somebody going to come get me? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it's fantastic that you have... Uh, uh, focused your life on the intersection between technology and uh, helping people who can't help themselves. Always, yeah. I think that's a great use of technology. And I assume you and I have talked about this before. Though, you know, the next layer is the AI part, right? Mm-hmm. So that the technology, the robots keep learning yeah. how to better work with that individual uh, customer Absolutely. as they go. Absolutely. So,
0: for 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 example, the first product uh, I uh, named it Grace, uh, the the robot, the mobile robotic arm. Um, when, I, when we go to the extreme of the technology roadmap, like the final end, that will have an AI incorporation to it. And it will classify your uh, products or your, your pieces at home. And it knows what's what. It, it can differentiate a utensil from a remote control from, sure. from a towel. So it knows what to grab, how to grab, when to grab, where where to take it. So it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting uh, that's, that's technology. That's
1: really, really exciting. Well, uh, commend you very much for making this your mission. Thank you. It's going to change a lot of people's lives. If they want to find out more?
0: They can go to my website, uh, www.markbotix.com, and that's spelled M-A-R-K-B-O-T-I-X.com, and they will have all the information from there.
1: Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us today. Thank
0: you so much for your time. All right.